Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Jay Richard Knapp, a.k.a. Jim Knapp. He's the founder and CEO of StopBullies.com. Jim's career has spanned nearly four decades as an elementary school teacher, principal, university adjunct graduate school instructor, state and national leader in education, author, and trailblazer in bullying prevention. Hi, Jim. Welcome to Family Confidential. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Oh, glad to hear it. You know, you and I have connected on Twitter for a really long time, but we've never actually even had a phone conversation, so I'm very happy to be talking to you today. Um, I really, really admire all the work that you do at StopBullies.org, and I wanted to ask you briefly, how did you get involved in this work? Well, I was a teacher and a principal for probably 35 years, and when I finished my career there, which had a lot to do with bullying, uh, I was involved in some things within the state, um, had a passion to see this behavior dealt with. Uh, and just uh, one day I listened to my oldest daughter who said, you know, you need to work on this more and, and write a book and talk to people about your experiences, your knowledge. And that opened the door. Um, and ever since then, I've been working uh, I guess you'd say my passion to see this behavior come to an end. You know, you and I connected on this on this very issue because it's it's definitely my passion as well. And um, I'm on the receiving end of emails from kids who are really at their wits' end because they feel like they're getting um, no hearing from from the adults who ought to be helping them and guide them through through childhood at home and at school. So they're very, very frustrated, and, and I worry for them. And, and so I wanted to ask you, first, let's define this word bullying because kids, um, kids use it maybe more than they should, and I think it's really important to identify a behavior accurately so that we can know what we're dealing with. So how do you define bullying? Well, there's the technical side of it. Uh, I guess you'd say the research side of it. And um, that one says that it's got to be about power. Mm -hmm. Somebody's trying to have power over somebody else and then dominance over them. So if you don't see power and dominance, it may not be bullying. And then here comes the critical piece. It happens more than once. So sometimes I run into people and there's a bad behavior that happens in the playground, uh, at a school, at home, um, downtown. And they think it's automatically bullying. Not true. Without the power issue, it's probably not bullying, but it's definitely a serious behavior problem uh, that's affecting people. And and that's the critical part right there. I, I tell people today, don't worry about as much whether or not it's bullying. Worry about the behavior. Identify for what it is because obviously the behavior is causing problems. It could be damaging somebody, hurting, Mm -hmm. uh, and long-term effects could come out of it. So, But uh, if we're going to be technical, yeah, it's got to be about power. It's got to be about dominance, and it's got to be more than once. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I really appreciate this distinction because, you know, some kids are now getting to the point where if I say to you, I don't like your new shoes, teacher, she's bullying me. Um, and it's, it's a rude comment for sure. And it may need some to be addressed, but it's not, as you say, bullying. So, um, how is it 
that schools, um, in your experience, I mean, you're in a leadership position in a school, you say, for as a teacher and then as an administrator for for several decades, and and um, I've experienced a lot of frustration from kids, as I say, but also frustration from parents and often from teachers, where this is a persistent um, problem. And I, I'm wondering what your theory is about. Why? Why, when we have such increased awareness, especially over the last 10 years, um, this is still such a persistent problem? Well, and, and let's start out right there with the research. Uh, we do national studies from the ninth grade to the 12th grade all across America every year. Mm-hmm. And bullying has not reduced itself a bit. It's there. It's happening. All that's changing is the different methods. So we have a national issue that's going on. But at the same time, we have another pressure, if we're going to look at the school component, where they're getting hit with things such as uh, kids not scoring as well as they should on tests. Uh, And most of it's right around the academics. So they're trying to find the time to deal with both. But -hmm. they've got to. That's the whole point. They've got to deal with it. And, and one certainly affects the other, right? I mean, if, if yes. I'm afraid for my emotional and physical safety in school, as a, as a student, I'm not going to perform very well or pay attention very well to well, academics. We, right, right now, we know that on any given day, uh, about 6% of your population is skipping school because of wow. this behavior. 6% of school-age yeah. kids are not, they're just not going to school. They're afraid to. They're afraid to go to school. Right. And they're parents, staying home out of fear. Do you, um, you know, are they saying, I got a stomach ache? Or are, do you, does, this, does this data tell us that their parents are aware of what's going on? Uh, I would tell you that both. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents, if they really look careful at it, they know their child's having problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've seen it in a, in a variety of ways. But... Um, no, they know what's going on. And the kid, though, when they say they have a stomach ache, they very well may have a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. That could be part of this whole behavior. Yeah. So so let's assume that parents know what's going on and they're being proactive about it. And they've had the conversation with the school. Um, typically, what can they expect in terms of a response from the school? Well, first of all, I would want parents um, in our American audience especially to look at the law of your state. Now, throughout the United States, almost every state now has laws. Uh, I played a part in the one in Oregon. What you need to do is be aware of what your rights are and what is the expectation of the school. Now, primarily, the bullying laws are aimed at schools. So if you have bullying that's happening away from school, it's probably not going to work. But when it's involved there, and the reason is that's where the other kids are. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's not because of that the, the school has something seriously wrong. It's because that's where kids are. Um, but the parent needs to start there. That's the well, first and thing. Where, where would a parent find that information? Uh, well, if they can't find it through the normal channels, contact me. That'd be one way. Uh, and I'd be glad to aim them to the direction of it. Um, I would do a search uh, on uh, search engine, putting in their state and bully uh, anti-bully law. You know, Generally, just, that'll get you to it. You've just reminded me that I I know of an aggregate site. 
Um, it's called bullypolice.org. Yes. yes, that's the one. And it has all 50 states and gives them um, a letter grade for their compliance or, or actually for what laws are on the books. Right. And, okay. and I'm very aware of that one. Uh, uh, that would be a great place for them to go search it out. Uh, now, there is the last I knew one state that has not uh, created a law yet. And each state is different. They're not uh, a copy of each other. Right. So some states, uh, the parent may not agree with what is in the law, uh-huh. uh, but that's what's there. Okay. Typically so, what it does, yeah. it, it tells the school district what they must do when they become aware of a child that's being bullied. Now the law, if it's a well-written law, should have two components. Not only what you do for the victim, but what you also have to do for the actual bully. Oh, that's because we great. know if you don't start working with that uh, child or teen, uh, the impact later in their life is going to be very serious. Now, this is great. I'm so happy to hear a little bit more about these state laws because I know typically when kids are, um, if, if a school has a uh, zero tolerance to bullying, um, kids who are perpetrators, socially aggressive kids, get expelled. Well, that doesn't teach them anything. And as a matter of fact, it may embitter them. And when they do come back to the school, if it's a suspension, then um, what's the likelihood that they have learned anything? So I'm really glad to hear that somebody <laughs> was smart enough to know that there are two components to this, the, the kids who are the perpetrators and the kids who are the targeted kids, and both need education. And, you and know, protection. When, when I started uh, assisting with Oregon's, uh, that's uh, where parent involvement is really important. Because when parents say to them, where's this component in our law, they can get a hold of their legislatures in their state to make those uh, adjustments. Uh, my belief is that in time, we'll see almost every state uh, be some form of a copy of each other. Okay, so now I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because I like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you've got, see now, 50 states. Okay, we're five years in the future. 50 states, and they all get on... on uh, Bullypolice.org, they all get a letter A or A plus for the laws on the books. But you and I also know that each school is unto itself a, a unique entity. And leadership in the school really determines the tone that's set amongst the faculty and amongst the students. So, um, yeah, I got an A plus for the law of the sunlight books. But my kid is still coming home and telling me that this situation persists. What is my step as a parent now? The first step is stay calm. Okay, let me take a deep breath because, yep. man, as a parent, I get really upset when, when my kid is upset. And that, <sighs> as a, a principal, a teacher, I can tell you that it's a common, common reaction when you find out your child's been bullied. Parents, do your very best. Stay calm. Got, that calmness okay. is one of the best things you can teach your child in the future of how to deal with very stressful situations. It's great. Advice. So that that's the starting point. But now let's talk about the parents' role in particular. Yes. If if we're talking reactive, well, it's already happened. So I want to talk to the parent about being proactive instead. Get on the front end of this to find out what's going on. Now, every parent has the right to know what their school safety plan is. Now, that doesn't include 
which direction you're going to walk in the case of a shooter or something like that. That's information that uh, I don't agree with. That That's the kind of information you need to know that is done. The people at the school know what to do. But in this case, we're asking a simple question. What is the status of bullying in our school? Now, years ago, I ran into an administrator who I asked that very question when I was being asked as a consultant. And the person reacted to me and said, we don't have bullying. And I stopped. <laughs> I go, now, with the United States that has one in five kids being bullied every day, you're the one that doesn't have any and uh, the individual did get uh, a little bit hostile with me because I was challenging um, uh, their authority. Yes. But as a former administrator and as a parent, I felt that it was a good thing to do. Yes. Parents, you can do it respectfully. You don't have to do it aggressively. But what is the plan? And PTAs, PTOs, uh, any kind of group that works with the school need to know that there is a safety plan that includes bullying. And okay. that part that I would ask is, what is the preventative side? Oh, wonderful. What are we doing with our children from the first moments they come into the school? Great. Yeah. Now, along with that, asking the questions, I'm also the person that believes you need to walk the talk. So as a parent, I come back to them and say, what are you doing to teach your children these very same uh, preventative techniques. Uh, rarely do we see uh, a kid that has been taught things like compassion, uh, dignity, respect, understanding, uh, calmness. When we see those, they're not usually the targets of the bully. Mm -hmm. In fact, the, the targets of the bully are often quite the opposite. They are the shy kid, the quiet kid, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little quirky. Mm -hmm. uh, Things that kind of naturally isolate them from others. Mm -hmm. Because remember, again, it is about power. Mm -hmm. It's always about power. And so when our parents look at their children and say, okay, I'm going to do these things at home. And, for example, my own grandchildren. My daughter and her husband will take them out during the holidays and do some very uh, neat, compassionate things. So from the earliest ages... Uh, these children are learning how to walk in the shoes of others. Wonderful. And, and that's the kind of thing we need to do. So be on the preventive side. Then I, would get, then I would ask questions like to the teacher, what are we doing in the classroom to prevent this behavior as well? Now, see, we want to get into reactive immediately. And and that's not where you're going to win this. Yeah, putting, uh, out, putting out fires when they see them instead of, um, you know, helping kids learn to deal with what I call destructive emotions, which is the playing with matches. We're all human beings. We all have emotions. We all have moments when we feel like we're offended or we feel jealous or we're frustrated. That doesn't usually bring out our best selves. But for a teacher to help kids learn to manage those very human emotions in, in pro-social ways, in responsible and appropriate ways, so no one gets hurt. Right. Yeah. Then when the worst happens, and it, and it does happen, we need to be very firm. Uh, our our um, consequences, if you want to say, things that relate to the law or school district policy, they need to be followed. You know, they're, they're, this is not a time, um, I guess you'd say wishy-washy. 
Right. We, we don't need that. We need very firmness. Now, as a longtime administrator, uh, I think kids appreciate the fact that I was a little bit uh, very clear to understand. If mm-hmm. you cross this boundary, then there was a consequence for it. Now, I have but a question same- for you. Excuse me, Jim. I have a question for you in terms of compassion because we want to model compassion. And, you know, often I, I hear about kids who are not treated well at home and they come to school with a lot of emotional baggage. And yes, their behavior is inappropriate as they lash out to their peers at school, especially the most vulnerable of their peers. But how do we as, as educators, um, show compassion for that child and teach him or her another way of being when they're not getting that at home? That's, that's a, a challenge, huh? Right. I tell teachers, do not ever give up on your child that's in that room. You are their teacher. You are the person that loves them no matter what happens. But at the same hand, it doesn't mean that you don't enforce consequences. But, uh, no, they got to be the one that says to the kid, uh, when this is all done, I'm still going to be there for you no matter what. Yeah. Do you think it's a teacher's a teacher's role? I mean, I don't want to have teachers playing therapists, but to take the time one-on-one with that child after the storm has blown over a little bit to do some debriefing and say, what was going on right before you did or said that? Is, is that appropriate? Maybe. Okay. Um, and the maybe is this, that, you know, it depends on the resources available to the school. Uh, some classroom teachers are very well trained, uh, and, and this is one of those things that I, I tell schools when I train them, is that understand that if you have a kid that's a victim or, or the bully, either one, these kids are already affected by what's happened. We really need professional people involved mm-hmm. in correcting uh, these behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most teachers, I'm going to say, probably are not trained like that. But it, it doesn't mean they can't just say, hey, I'm here for you. I'll help you. Yeah. You come to me, I'm, you can count on me. And, 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 and for them important. to, yeah, and for them to mean it because too often I, I hear from kids who say, I've got this problem, but please don't tell me to go to a teacher because I've done that before and nothing changes. So we want to make sure that when we say I'm here for you, we really are. We only have a, another minute left here, Jim, and I would really love to give you an opportunity to let our viewers and listeners know where they can find out more about your work. Well, if they come to J. Richard Knapp uh, on any of my publications, and there's quite a number of them, I'll be glad to uh, a- answer questions you have. Just contact me directly. The people that work with me will always get messages to me within a day, uh, wherever I'm at. And I'm always there to help you. I do this out of passion. Uh, I want this behavior to come to the focus. I want it to come to an end. Uh, Our kids deserve the very best. They absolutely do. Thank you so much, really, from the bottom of my heart, Jim. Um, You're a very impressive guy, and I feel honored to be able to talk to you and count you as one of my friends. You are definitely a friend, Annie. Thanks, Jim. We'll talk to you later. Bye. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my new book, The Girl's Q&A Book on Friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. It's now available in print and for Kindle. What a perfect holiday gift for the 8- to 12-year-old girl in your life. 
She really wants nothing more than to feel confident dealing with friendship issues, and the girls' Q&A book on friendship can absolutely help with that. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Eggplant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. Tune in next week when my guest will be Dr. Ann Paris. Dr. Paris is a clinical psychologist and an author. She and I will be talking about teaching kids empathy. Until next time, happy parenting. Happy parenting.